This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Since 1975, the premier local grocer in Portland. And Chris, happening right now at your local Zupan's is floral design and wine, something we've been talking about for some time. A great opportunity for you to learn the tips and tricks of floral design, as well as create a beautiful bouquet to take home with you in these hands-on classes. So while you're there, you're going to learn. You're also going to enjoy some cheese, some charcuterie, some wine, all during the class and events happening all the time. I would recommend you check out Zupan's.com. One, for example, coming up this weekend, uh, happening at the Burnside location, is Neutral tones create a trendy bouquet featuring nude, blush, and coffee colors. Or maybe something for May Day. They've got something at Burnside on May 1st that you can prepare for as well uh, for the May Day bouquet. So class information on the website, zoopans.com. Also, don't forget, uh, it is asparagus season. Believe it or not, it's here. And nothing is better than local Washington asparagus at your local Zoopans produce market. And if you're like me and would like to add some variety to your asparagus, now nothing nothing is really better than just grilled asparagus. But how about grilled asparagus Benedict? Put this with some breakfast or asparagus and fava bean salad or roasted asparagus and mushrooms. These recipes can be found on the Zupans website, zupans.com. So stop in today at any one of three locations, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. All right, here it is. Time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. And we are here with, uh, are we calling these classic episodes? What are we calling these, Chris? Any episode we record is uh, automatically a classic. Instant ca- classic, sure. I- instant classic. But in this case, we have one of the classics of Portland that, uh, you know, the nice thing is we have these archives now that go back a long time. Uh, what are we on episode now, Court? 300 what? 310? Some- yeah, I- so we've got over 310 because we had all these other lists and so forth that we did. Um, but we've got 310. So when something comes up in the news like it has just yesterday that canard is going to be opening a new location out in oregon city you and i can say hey we got that so we have an episode from 2018 when we interviewed uh gabriel rucker chef gabriel rucker owner of canard and le pigeon and uh co-owner with andy fort gang and now they're partnering up with the uh, chef de cuisine at canard to open up the new location taylor daughtry and uh so we had this episode we thought this was recorded just when i think right when they opened the original canard, which took Portland by storm. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if uh, memory serves, uh, Gabriel had to leave in the middle of like a busy kind of l- lunch rush because he was realizing a lot of people were coming in for lunch because they were hearing about those steamed uh, cheeseburgers. And uh, uh, he, he was tired. We could tell. Yeah, he was a little sleepy, yeah. if I recall. 
Um, but we kept him up, I think. Yeah. Listen, listen to this interview and see if you can tell that he's tired. That, that I would say. But, you know, he was a, a mensch to come in because we knew he was busy. And he, Gabriel has always been, in my mind, really awesome um, insofar as it would be really easy for him to get a big head with the fact that, you know, his restaurant, Le Pigeon, is the one that most chefs and anybody would mention that if you went to Portland, that was the top of the list or easily one of the top few that you had to visit his restaurant. And he's always been very humble with me in stating that, um, you know, he needs, to, he likes to do all the things, the collaborative uh, efforts that uh, that we do in Portland. And when he stops doing that and thinking he's better than everybody else, that's when his restaurant is going to fail. So I think that's a very healthy um, attitude um, to have in life. Uh, not only that, but he's a healthy man in life. He's sober and, and, uh, and celebrates that and shares that sobriety with others. And also he's, uh, he eats very healthfully, even though he's making some of the most decadent food uh, we can find. Uh, he's, uh, he's buff. <laughs> he's doing lots of active things as you can see on his instagram so i think some of that has to do chris though with the fact that you know he's a he's a family man he's he's a father and that 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 keeps in addition to running a, a food empire he's also you know running around after after kids and whatnot i do gotta say a couple of months ago this actually would have been i can't, I can't remember what it was i was walking around disneyland and i actually saw gabriel at disneyland with his kids and i was going to stop and say hi to him and then i thought don't bug him. He's he's. This is family time for Gabriel. I'll leave him alone. Oh, I think he would have gotten a kick out of seeing somebody he knew from Portland there, just a high. Sure, you weren't going to say, "Hey, take us out for milkshakes." Well, you know, I just it's a, it's a special time. I, well, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you you see families at either their finest moments or their worst because you know if you've traveled with kids as you have, I know you have. Uh, that can be, again, some of the greatest moments as a father and also some of the biggest meltdowns can happen. And again, I didn't quite, you know, I, it didn't look like he was having any familial issues at the time. But uh, I'm just like, you know what? This is his time. He's at Disneyland. I'll leave him alone. Well, good. I hope you had a good time. And I, he, you just triggered me to think of my time at Disney World. Yeah, he may have even uh, had like a kid up on his shoulders at the time. So it's just kind of like, all right. Yeah, it's, it's they got dad a good mode. thing going over there. I watched I watched some of his Instagram videos throughout the pandemic where we were live from his kitchen with his family, and they got a good thing going over yeah, there. Yeah, they do. You know, you can't you can't be live in a kitchen for an hour and hide uh, bad stuff. Right, it was all you know. You just thought, that was a great family and he's a he's a great family man and um anyway he's a really good guy gabriel anybody who knows him i've never heard anybody speak negatively about him everybody who knows him knows he's an extremely talented man and um and is humble about it too i think and so you'll hear that in this interview and we're really glad we're able to bring back uh gabriel rucker we also have some other episodes with his partner andy fortgang along the way over the past few years so anybody's welcome to search for that on our right at the fork website right right at the fork.com right that's right, the website right, right? that is correct that so is right. we got those and um yeah maybe someday we'll we'll get uh we'll have taylor on the on the podcast too that's a good idea there we go after they're open for a while and right so this is the continuation of portland restaurant scene expanding outside of city limits 
in Oregon City. And it's kind of cool to see. It's something I was harping about long ago when I lived in Lake Oswego and even Southwest Portland. Come on, people, move out here. And now they're doing it in droves for, I would say, fairly obvious reasons and probably some not. And I know this Oregon City location is closer to Gabe's home, and I would imagine that has something to do with uh, choosing this particular spot. But um, really cool to see, and uh, always cool to chat with Gabriel Rucker of Le Pigeon and Canard. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily. Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the trips tab at portlandfoodadventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, we'll see what it's like after I'm done here. Yeah. Well, it's not easy for you to do that, right? Yeah. You're a little bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> right? It's yeah. got to be right. So to leave it alone and your new baby. How yeah. is your new baby? Uh, great. He's not new anymore. He's 15, 16 months old. Okay, well, I was talking He's, about two new babies. That one, and then there's Canard. Oh, the, baby. oh that baby. That restaurant baby. Yeah. But Good. I like the fact that the first thing you thought of was your real, was, was well, your child. Of course, man. Family first. Yeah. Um, let's see. How's Canard? It's great. I got, I, I left a very busy lunch, which is good. But breakfast, people need to go for breakfast. They need to know we're open for breakfast seven days a week. Oh. That's like... That's the jam, you know? And it has that, uh, that's a tough one, unless you're, that's tough, because, uh, unless you're a breakfast spot in Portland, right? So yeah, it's hard. I, mean, I don't know, like, I think that it's just getting on people's radar that, you know, like, a lot of the service industry people, you know, don't have, like, the Saturday, Sunday brunch days off. Right. And, uh, you know, knowing that you have a, just getting on people's radar. Hey, and it's, you know, it can be a coffee shop. You can go just hang out and have like a coffee and like fresh baked croissant, or you can go and have, you know, load up. What would load up be? Because when I first saw you were open for breakfast, I thought that is going to be a cool breakfast and at least for a while, be able to get in there pretty easily. For sure. Uh, well, like nothing is, it's not like big oval plates of like, you know, the omelet with the toast and the bacon and the potatoes. It's all kind of like the same at dinner where it's like the the plates are a little bit smaller. So, you know, we've got a killer omelet, but it's not going to, you know, just having a a, a little omelet, you know, isn't going to fill you up. But that makes it way more fun. Who wants to just order one omelet and just eat the same bite over and over and over again? That's what I say. You know, it's like it really opens 
opens breakfast up to you to be able to like kind of choose your own adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's some killer French toast going on. We have a soft serve ice cream machine. And so we soak our French ser- uh, toast in the soft serve ice cream. What flavor ice cream is that? Vanilla. Okay. We put a little, we put a little Grand Marnier in there and then we, uh, it's like deep fry it like French toast sticks mm-hmm. with a little toasted rice, kind of like almost like a horchata anglaise and oranges and walnuts. You it's know, the, pretty killer. the cool thing about your food is it's, for, maybe for you it's easy to envision because you had to envision it in the shower. But when you were figuring it out, for someone like me, you start talking about different ingredients and it's hard to picture. So you have to go yeah, there and that's try been, it. I think that's been a curse and almost. And I mean, I guess you can't say anything's been a curse because I have had a very blessed career. But if, the, you know, I think that sometimes I have to get people on board. Do you still feel like you need to do that? I mean, it feels yeah, to me that I if anybody I, doesn't have to do that, it's you in this but town. But I, I think that if you ever stop thinking that way, then you've kind of lost your way. So if you just expect people to like get it right, you know, right. like my job is first and foremost is like customer service. Like, well, and, to think of the customer and not necessarily yeah. and so about like, your ego. Yeah. And it's not just like, well, I made this and it's good. So you should understand it. It's, and that's, but that's where maturity, I've been doing it for, at La Pigeon for 12 years now. That's where, you know, I didn't, I haven't always been able to see that clearly. But what was your, what has been your influence that has caused you to have that, I don't know if you call it humility, but that insight to say it's not, it's about, or, or once I start thinking this way, I'm in trouble. Because you did that with me once when we did a, an event a few years ago, and I said, you know, I didn't think you needed to do an event. You didn't need the publicity for La Pigeon. That's what my events are. And, I, and yeah. you said to me, and I, I've mentioned this a lot of times, but you said, once I start thinking I'm too good for this, I, I'm going to fail. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Sure. You're going to fall down once you think. Well, nobody you likes. said the same thing. Nobody likes a hot shot, right? And it's like, it's okay. Like, like the word ego has a bad, uh, a bad rap. Yeah. Like a, having a healthy ego is needed. Otherwise, right. you don't succeed. But if you let if you let it get in the way, so but it takes so you're busy as hell, right? You got a lot going on. You got three restaurants, kids, family. It takes a pretty special person to be able to step back and think, I'm not too. I, I don't want to let my head get too big. I have to bring myself down a little bit. And it seems to me that you've done that. And I wonder if you think that is a large ingredient for your success. Yeah, you could maybe. I mean, I've always. The things that I, when I, you know, we always look back and you say hindsight is twenty twenty. The times when I was cocky or did let my ego get a little bit too inflated, those are the times, those like those moments when you look back at and you wince or like when you're falling asleep and you have like a memory flashback and you feel really guilty. Like it's, that's usually those moments where it's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I didn't. Did you have to have those pointed out to you or did, could you? No, I'm usually the one think- that points them out. Okay, because I've been, I'm way older than you are, but I've been able to, all of a sudden, I've noticed recently, be able to go, oh man, that was just, that was not the right thing to say. I feel terrible for that. Whereas I don't think I would have done it as much at your your age. Well, I mean, we all, we all come across wisdom at at, at different points in our (laughs) life. Well, I'm glad. And, you know, there's, there's, in the grand scheme of things, maybe that's one little chunk of wisdom that I was able to come across at a, at a, at a younger age than you, but. Um, yeah, yeah, but, 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 but back to it, like, you know, with, 
the you know getting people on board. People people are on board. People do, and the, all of the restaurants are different as to what they're on board with. You know, like at La Pigeon, and you know we do the we do a, a lot of the tasty menus. Like that's why I was uh, what like I would say there's a you know at La Pigeon when you come in to La Pigeon. It's warm, it's inviting, it's welcoming, hopefully. Sometimes, you know, there's a wait and it's busy and it's bustling. That's a restaurant. But you come in and you come there to kind of be like whisked into like our program, right? Like to get like what, like our plan of action. We, ha- we, have, a, we have a plan for you when you show up. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can take it in a couple different ways, but whatever it is. And then at, at Little Bird, it's a little bit more like... You can, you know, make it what you want. You know, we've got the bar area. There's some happy hours. You can go there. You know, having hard alcohol, I think, helps people make it different, mm-hmm. re- different style of dining, you know, because when you can just go for a cocktail, like Le Pigeon, you can't, nobody just comes in and has a drink at Le Pigeon. Well, now you, you know? can next door. Well, then, yeah. So, so now, then, then with next door, it's like, now it's like, Versus you walking through the door and us having kind of an idea what we want. Now it's the Wild West, you know. Do you just want to have a couple of cocktails? Are you having dinner next door and you want to have a cocktail beforehand? Do you want to just do oysters and champagne? Do you want to make a whole dinner out of it or a whole breakfast out of it? You know, do you want to have a drinking breakfast? It's like literally that restaurant can be, and it, it can it can be like an upscale fast food restaurant. You can come in and just chow down on steam burgers, french fries, have a couple of Cokes. You know, it really can be anything you want. And there's no right or wa- wrong way to experience it. And that's the real fun of having that new place. How did that evolve? Was that born from, this isn't the, the Lepigian experience, so let's create something that enables people to do that? Or Like how did the idea for Canard evolve? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I mean, Lepigian, there's always the stigma that Lepigian is like hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And that might be true at seven o'clock in August, Thursday through Sunday, you know? But it's not like, this is Portland, Oregon. There's no restaurant you just absolutely can't get into. Like, you can you can come at, you can come on a Monday and, you know, there might be, you know, you might have to wait 20 minutes or something, but, like, you can get in. That being you, said... you have to use a little strategy, too. You get there early. Well, so, you know. Yeah, there's there's a million ways. Right. And it's, it's not, we're not just, like, a two-hour line out the door... From the minute we open until the minute we close, you no, know. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but so, people think that. Yeah, that, there is that stigma. Oh, I would go to the pigeon. You just can't get in. It's like, well, try use use the actual phone. Don't just look at the computer. You know, well, people don't oh, use phones. I do. Anymore. I love. I hate texting. I love calling on the phone, man. Yeah, um, same with me. Anyways, but with with Canard, it was a long, probably. Five years ago, maybe six, we there was a little space where, where Kira used to be a wine bar, and it's in the building that Burnside Brewing is now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, um, she was going to throw in the towel on that, and I thought that would be a cool little spot to have, like around the corner. Wait, because we're sending people to like you know nothing against the Doug Fur, but like or Ron Tom's, but like our clientele is not Don't, really Doug Fur, Ron Tom's. You know, not everyone. Sizzle but, pie. You know, there yeah, well, that was, sizzle pie wasn't there, man. The right. neighborhood's changed. Okay. Um, so the idea for a little thing, you know, wine bar, champagne, some raw stuff, kind of like, I mean, I think that's even before they had whiskey the way bar. Oh, whiskey uh, soda yeah. lemon, same thing. 
Yeah, so that idea was kind of thrown around, and then it, it just didn't really materialize. It didn't happen. And then, you know, I guess it always stayed in the back of our mind, and Andy, my partner, and uh, Andy Forking, uh, he's he always had his eyes on one more. And so uh, when the space next to Le Pigeon, which was a waxing salon, came available, I wasn't really ready to do it. And so I talked him out of it. And uh, what was your argument for what was your? I just wasn't, I don't, I just didn't want to, I wasn't ready to do something. I had a lot, I think I had, I had my son on the way, my third son on the way, and I knew that it would be bad and it just wasn't the right time. And then, uh, so a steampunk clothing store went in next door and um, great neighbor, woman named Panda, great. But like, you know, steam, the rents in that neighborhood and steampunk clothing store, just, it didn't, it didn't last long. And, uh, I had been toying around with making these steam burgers for, for our staff meal, just for fun. And I thought to myself, this is something I would really like to give to people. I would like to, uh, you know, this is something I would, that would bring me joy to give to people. These steam burgers, oysters. Because you're a big In-N-Out fan. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's where that's born from, yeah, I, I mean, imagine. Yeah. I've never had... White Castle, even though they're pretty much my version of a White Castle burger. So, Not even the frozen ones that you can buy? And- I think I did as a kid. I had those. But ignorance is bliss in that, you know, because I was copying something without actually trying. I was copying the idea of something right. without copying the actual. I don't think you re- it was going to help you to copy the actual one knowing White Castles. But- yeah. But I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of my cooking is like taking an idea that I've never actually experienced it. Literally the idea of the idea. Mm-hmm. And emulating it. Um, but like, for instance, you know, it's like uh, this morning we have a brand new pigeon dish going on the menu at La Pigeon. And it's uh, like shoyu pigeon. That's drawn from like an experience in Hawaii at a mini mart eating some like shoyu chicken out of the hot counter. And then. Um, Is that something you logged in your mind and yes, said, I'm going to sure. do this someday? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and then uh, pigeon confit rangoons. I don't like crab rangoons because I think the idea of the imitation crab and the cream cheese just grosses me the fuck out. But when we make pigeon, when we have pigeon on the menu, we serve the breast. We have a lot of leg meat. So shredding that and making pigeon rangoons. And then um, peach XO sauce. And XO sauce is something I've never actually made before, but it's, you know, people like, I know it's a popular thing. Are you eating a lot of what you cook now? Because you've changed your diet. Pretty drastically I'm, over the last few years. I have been. I haven't been eating that good this month, but uh, oh, so you go trying, off. You're not. You're not OCD about it. No, I mean I'm. I mean I'm a chef. I, I love feed as a chef. I I love feeding people more than I love feeding myself, but I do love to eat. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I try. I'm getting back on track with putting good in my body summer you know with the kids like the whole the whole like all of a sudden it just like kids you fall off a cliff and summer like life is changing you know the there's the camps and there's you know we took a trip to mexico and that was fun so i'm a man of routine so i gotta get trying to get my routine back but uh but even just having kids it's so much easier to eat unhealthily than it is uh yeah i think healthy food i think that eating healthy with the kids is actually easier because we it, there's less of a draw off. Like it's not so much of like just going out all the time. We eat at home a lot more. You know, I, you know, I, I have a pretty cool kitchen that I put in my backyard a little while ago 
and uh, like with a nice like Argentinian style grill. Uh, there's a like got you know actual countertops in a sink, pizza oven, wood, all wood fired. You know, so um, I just realized what I said. I'm saying to you, who's got this these these mad skills and this great kitchen, coming from a guy who it w- didn't cook much, so it was easier to feed my kids yeah. just something. For you, it's a whole different thing. Well, you, we, you, you think differently. We just like and, cooking at home. You know, it's like I, uh, you know, we had a, in, especially in the summer, we just cook entire meals and eat outside, you know, and then the kids can run around and play. And there's a lot less mess in the kitchen when all you're doing is bringing the dishes in versus like pots and pans in there, you know, cooking as much stuff on the grill. Mm-hmm. So I made, you know, like some kind of like veggie rice bowls with a little hummus and we grilled some chicken and, put it on top and that was that and then i always sunday nights i always make enough food so i have some for the week so then i have like nice like veggies rice lean chicken and that's what i'm eating you know and that's what being on track is for me it's you know but i have fun with it i so did you and you're never overweight but when you went in that direction um what did it do for you what how did you 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 obviously felt better Eating, eating and exercising? Yeah. Of course, so yeah. So how long ago was that? Four, four years ago, maybe five years ago. Okay. So you've had a good run with it. That's good. So you feel better about it. Is that reflected in your menus? Mm, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Uh, because that's just separate. And like, I make fun food, you know? Like, I don't, I mean, we have, like, a nice, like, veggie quinoa bowl and uh, that you can get at Canard, and that was fun. And, um, you know, Marcel always has, like, a really nice, fresh veggie sandwich and great salads going on at Little Bird. But, like, then there's always still, like, you know, chicken fried trout and fried chicken caca van and steak with, you know, uh, Bordelais sauce and all the goodies. Did you have all those goodies in mind when you opened the Pigeon from when you were at Gotham? And then was that what you had in mind when you opened it or did that just evolve as you? No, it's been just an evolution. There wasn't like a plan. Like opening the Pigeon wasn't even a plan. It was just a day that I met a guy that had a restaurant that needed a chef. Okay, Chris, we're going to pause just a moment here to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, a Portland institution. It's Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years... Ringside has been serving the best steaks in Portland and also providing the best service in Portland. And I, right here in front of me, have evidence to that effect uh, that I find hilarious. My mother kept a uh, journal of all her travels, my father and my mother's travels, and their dining experiences. And I just happened to come across from 2001 when they visited Portland, before I even knew about this place, uh, my mom's entry after going to Pazzo and lots of places and having her usual complaints about those. This is her entry for Ringside Steakhouse from 2001. It's Jane Ann. Angeles. My favorite restaurant is Ringside, which our shuttle driver took us to. We ordered the three-course meal, as if I needed it, terrific onion soup, and we both had marvelous roast beef, just like in the old days. Didn't order dessert, though. I'm about to explode. (laughs) 
You know what's interesting <laughs> about that, Chris, is that uh, your, your mom and you have both both been drawn to the onion soup there at Ringside Steakhouse. Well, the the fact that that was their favorite restaurant is pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't know Ringside then, so and I didn't use this diary to decide to establish a love for Ringside when I got here. So I find that interesting. So that's the case. So in celebration of that quote. Mother's Day is coming up, and I can't enjoy that with my mom, unfortunately, but you can and anybody else can because they have a Mother's Day meal kit currently for sale on their website that you can order. If you aren't going into ringside for Mother's Day, you can take ringside to your mother. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really great. I'm looking over the different items in this, Chris. Green goddess salad. You've got Lyonnaise potatoes, grilled asparagus, a 20-ounce Chateaubriand and wild colossal gulf prawns so all sorts of variety in this so if you want to get kind of mix up what you might do at home let ringside steakhouse do it with this great mother's day meal kit there's a great dessert there too which you got to do for mom very nice so take advantage of uh, making reservations on their website ringsidesteakhouse.com or order that mother's day meal kit ahead of time uh, you can also use the open table app to make those reservations What were those early days of the pigeon like, menu-wise? I mean, it's not that far off. I have a lot. I have a binder of like really old menus that I found recently. It was pretty fun to look at, like walk down memory lane. Um, it's not like the idea, the ideas that are there are not that different than the ideas that are there today but the maturity has grown a little bit and there's uh i hate to say we're able to do more but it's a little bit more complex and is that also because you've surrounded yourself with some great people who can help you uh develop more complex ideas yeah to a certain point yeah to, there's uh definitely a lot of different voices in the three restaurants, which is a strength, you know, mm -hmm. because when you start your own restaurant, when you're 25 years old and you haven't had that much time to like go and experience the world and learn from great chefs. I mean, I was lucky to have some great people that I did learn from. Um, you, you have to pull from the people that you hire, you know, and if I stop learning from, the people that I hire, then that's another one where I'm letting my, my shit get in the way, you know? If I stop If I stop opening my eyes up to people that, you know, that work for me. What are you looking for most in a hire when you're hiring someone? What's the... Attitude. 100%. I can't teach someone to have a good attitude, but I can teach them to cook. So skills, skills aren't as important if someone has the right you attitude. You have to be able to, you know, you can't... You have to be able to, you know know your way, you know, know your way around a little bit, but if you're, a, you know, hot dog in, in the kitchen and you got a, you know, shitty attitude, then and even if you're the best, you know, at searing duck or whatever, I don't care. It's not part of a team. Hit the road. So is your uh, love of baseball somehow related to your life as a chef? Because it's team, it's... It's teamwork. You can't fail as much in the kitchen as you do at baseball. You can't bat 300. That's true. But 
it's still it's an individual game and it and you know at the end of the at the end of the day it's a team sport too for sure yeah um that's i never thought about that batting 300 is pretty good in baseball not even that good in the <laughs> not yeah 30 percent doesn't really cut the cut the mustard for successes in the, and it, you know that that uh that bar has been risen too you know over the years so do you feel pressure because oh, yeah. when people you know oh, for they sure. expect the perfect experience uh, it's that it can never fall short yeah, at I mean, one of I your feel restaurants tons of pressure all the, like every and how do you deal with day. that um well sometimes it's through exercise before work i try and exercise before work every day to kind of clear my head and that's like the the gap between the pressures of home life and work life. Um, sometimes meditation, running, sometimes just saying, you know, like my mantra, like when I like, sometimes like I'll run, like go on a run on the weekend up to Mount Tabor and like, you know, sit and kind of meditate for 10 minutes or something. And, you know, I think as humans, we never feel like we're good enough. I think everybody, even the people that like, when like the people I look at that as the most successful still have lots of self doubt and, um, you know, anxieties and whatnot. And I'm sure people look at me as being like, Oh man, he's got it so good. So success, you know, so successful, but I have those same feelings of pressure, weight, anxiety, and self doubt. So my mantra is when I am feeling like, you know, life is heavy or work, you know, my meditate, my, my little mantra I say to myself when I meditate is just, you're, you are good enough and you do your as good as you can. And I just repeat that to myself and it's, Sometimes I get myself to believe it, and sometimes it's a load of hot air. That's your parents on your shoulder, because you told me once that your parents were really supportive no matter what kind of game you had. They would tell you it was it was good enough, and or you tried hard, and, and yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. They're you're super good at what supportive, you did. Yeah, and I think that that's very important because when so, you can either not care about your kid or you can be really hard on them, and they found a balance. And it seems like you probably found that you found that balance professionally, and you need it as a parent. Trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Try, sorry. Trying, it's you know, but there's you know, I mean, shit. The better, the better things get, the more you got to deal with. You know, it's like the more just the more you pile on, the more chances you have for something to come up and not have it be a perfect day. Exactly. But it's you know. It's easy to play it safe. You don't have as many things going on. And Hannah's got a, a career, too, that she has, yeah. that's got a lot of pressure that comes with it, Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. In real estate. Yeah. So the two of you aren't just, aren't just sitting still, and you have your pretty cool role models for your kids. I think, I look and think they have, uh, they've got to be learning a lot. We try to, yeah. I mean, they're all, all, they're, all three of them are, are very different and have, but, uh, how old are they now? My son turns seven on Sunday and my daughter's four, but she'll be five in September. And then Freddie, my newest is one. Okay. So when we did that interview in about face, that was the day you found out your daughter was going to be a girl. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You texted me after that. So, all right. Yeah. So I forgot about ha- that. That was a long, do you still do that? No, I don't, no. Do, I don't do that anymore. I like this better because we get a full hour with you. If, in that magazine to edit yeah. down this interview, we would have been, we would have had as much as your first five minutes of discussion or 10 minutes of discussion. But the thing that we, I, I wrote this morning is really cool about that is what we do here in the studio 
is very different than you invited me out to your home to do that interview. And that was pretty cool being able to do that. And your, your, yours wasn't the only home that I was invited to. And, you know, in print that, that was, uh, it was interesting to see your life, but it's changed a lot since then. It really has. Yeah. 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 Are you still into cars? No, I don't. We can't, so, that, that was one thing that went by the we wayside sold, with families. We, we sold the old car. Someone in New Zealand actually bought it. Really? They shipped it over there? And they yeah, came and picked it up. So was that a Valley, a Plymouth it, what? It was a Barracuda, a, Barracuda. a Valiant Barracuda. Oh, yeah. I had it right. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, but I just had <laughs> that, that was my era of cars. I grew up yeah. around them. So, yeah, that was like my fourth Valiant that I had. My first car was a 69 Valiant. Um, but so no more Valiants? No more Valiants. We got kind of boring now. We got a minivan. And a Toyota 4Runner. Well, that's good. Well, you got a haul. You got a lot to haul there. Yeah, we got, yep. The, and do you get a lot of time off to do uh, a lot of family stuff? Yeah. I am I mean, like I said, family first. So I still love cooking on the line, cooking for people, but it's like the nights I do it are, you know, dwindling. Uh, and so I work like two, two or three service nights, time shifts. Um, I'm a real early riser. So like this morning I was in, yeah, you answered the phone early. <laughs> I was, well, I got a puppy. That's my excuse for being up yeah. at five 30 when I get your text okay. this morning. Uh, yeah. So I love getting up early. So, and you can get so much stuff done in a restaurant before a bunch of people show up. It's a real, it's like a, it's a real beautiful time. The early, yeah. To early be, morning. There's like some weird, there's some cool energy when you get into a, a restaurant at like four or five in the morning and you're and obviously the only one there yeah and it's all shut down and you're unlocking everything but there's still the energy of the night before because it has only been an hour a couple hours since people locked that door you know there hasn't been that much of a gap of time mm-hmm. and so there's still this like it's peaceful and it's quiet and you're by yourself, but there's still this cool little like buzz of something, some sort of energy. That's pretty cosmic because it's still there. Yeah. I, and everything's been cleaned up, right? So it's not like there's... Yeah. Ho- the well, last... ho- hopefully everything's been cleaned <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like when you wake up in the morning and go, ah, shit, I still have to clean the kitchen. That's that's No, gone. no, no, no. Um, so yeah, that's pretty... Uh, that's nice. And I, I really... So what do you get done there? Is, is there some spiritual moments? Do no, you... but like... It's, you can, it's a nice time to be creative, you know, like, because with the minute that things start happening, you start getting asked questions, your phones, you're getting text messages about orders and about things you're having to do orders. And if you can, you know, having a little couple quiet moments by yourself, like that's how I, I started doing my Mondays now. Cause Mondays can be kind of like, you know, I take Saturday and Sunday off. So Mondays, you know, it's like discovering what's been going on over the weekend so if you i start my monday a hell of a lot earlier now and i just kind of slowly i can jump right out of bed but i kind of just slowly immerse myself into the day and what's in the walk-in and what order do i need to play you know there's a lot of orders and stuff to get things going on mondays and setting myself up for the week so you're still doing a lot of the ordering Uh uh-huh most of it for the week i mean not for all the restaurants but i but for Pigeon? Uh, actually, for Canard, I do Monday big orders. And then 
a lot of the like you know truffles mushrooms and stuff like that i'll I'll still handle ordering so um do you are you taking in the vibe of the restaurant by yourself because they're usually they're all pretty crowded all the time so to be the only one there is is a yeah it's nice you know like yeah like i said it's great yeah you put on usually put on some pretty mellow music and just kind of what kind of music are you listening to because you when you were younger djing was your thing yeah yeah yeah. i still listen to a lot of trance music when i exercise like the i like the 90s like trance music for sure Mm -hmm. for exercise uh and then uh, when i'm at work anything you know it just it just depends a lot of times i let the other all the other kids pick the tunes you're you're referring to them as kids now what's that they're the kids oh sure they have been for a long time so you're the you're the elder statesman then I'm getting there. So how do you feel about the um, all the accolades that you've had? A couple of James Beard Awards. Uh, sure. Yeah, how does that... How super, does, super, super fucking blessed. And you're also talented to do that, too. It's not just a blessing. It's You had to work really hard to do that. Yeah. And smart, right? There are a yeah. lot of people working very hard who have never even been nominated so, for a James Beard Award. Yeah, so I think that... Um, but I... But that being said, that's a good point, you know, and that's where the the blessing comes in. There's a lot of people working really hard that have never been nominated for a James Beard Award. I am lucky to have had the luck. I had the luck to be to put me in to ha- you know to put me in contact with Paul, who had a restaurant called Colleen's that needed a chef, and have him meet me and say, "Sure, I'll give you a shot." That was the luck, right? I got the, this connection. But, you know, everybody has a chance. It's what you do with it. And I was, you know, I seized the moment. And what did you do to seize it? So what separates you as a guy who's, you know, at the pinnacle of the Portland food world? No one could argue that, you know, if someone was going to say, who's the most prominent chef in Portland, you could have an argument, but you're going to be in that argument. You're going to be in that discussion every time. Oh, thank you. And I like the fact that you just kind of nodded and said, I'm not so your, your body language said, I'm not so sure about that. That's awesome. But what do you think separates you from what, what, what allowed you to, to exceed to that level that, that others may not have been able to, yes, there's luck involved, well, but there's also, there's an ingredient about you. There's something in, so when I, when Pigeon first, first started when, in 2006, I was 25 and more cocky than I am now. There's and, still some cockiness there, you think? Well, you got to have a little bit, <laughs> yeah, right? No, yeah, I mean, just, geez, dude, you got to stay competitive. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, but I was fearless, was not afraid to do or try anything. And at that time, um, I, you know, I, yes, I am good at at what I do. I'm good at cooking food. Not every day, but I do my best. And some, most days, you know, I'm lucky to have things work out. But I had, I think that one of the, that fearlessness and, you know, some good foundation of talent. And then, um, you know, at that time, my right-hand man was Eric Van Clay. You, you know very well. And he was a little bit more of a voice of reason. He was a little bit more mature at that point than I was. And he really was like, I think we were a great one-two punch for that first year. Mm-hmm. And um, that dude is like wildly talented. He also had way more like actual real restaurant cooking experience than I did. Like he had like 
been around the block and like cooked you know i was like kind of a fake it till you make it person i still feel like i am but that's um you're still faking it good Keep and faking. uh and 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 so like that kind of like hey this wild i you know just that 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 that, that one two punch of us and the restaurant used to be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays and we would, on Tuesday we would go in and we would just sit down and talk about what we wanted to make and it was like this super, you know, age of wonderment and excitement and nothing was played out and, and you know, because it was all, it was just, everything was exciting and it was like this, well, we can do this, yeah, we can do that and then it was, you know, but Eric also kind of, for me, I was like, fuck yeah to everything and he was like a little bit more, a little bit more reserved so I think that that was nice. And then, uh, you know, a year later, having Andy come on board, and uh, you know, a good chef's a good chef, but you gotta, you gotta have someone that knows how to, you know, get people health insurance, pay the taxes, uh, do the numbers, do too. just that's all of the stuff, and it's funny, you know. I feel like, you know, that's the, like without without a partner like Andy. There wouldn't be a little bird, there wouldn't be a canard, and there probably wouldn't still be a little pigeon because, you know, I wasn't in the headspace to run a real business. I could cook some food, cook some mean food, and I could manage people and, you know, handle the kitchen pretty good. But, like, Andy came along at just the right period of time to, like, shore things up. And that's, you know, I don't know if my maturity will ever catch up to his, but it's slowly we're inching closer to each other. Well, plus he's, he's, if you have one person, at least you have that person. There are a lot of people who wouldn't have found an Andy, either through luck or just being able to accept, I'm going to bring this person in well, as yeah, a partner. I mean, it's, well, I mean, at that point, yeah. And the idea, well, I didn't even have any, I, no, no one had any idea in Portland, like how awesome he was at like writing a wine list and just, you know, it's. It's one of those things I think that we've talked about. We, you know, we our our relationship is pretty awesome, and we, you know, we're both married, but we have like our relationship. We treat it like a marriage too, and it's worked fabulously for twelve years. But I think that he feels like I'm incredibly valuable to him, and I feel like he's incredibly valuable to me. And I think that that's how you make it work. But that's you know, that's the real nuts and bolts of, you know, the evolution and how how. Le Pigeon would probably would have been a flash in the pan if it wasn't for, you know, having some people with some real strong common sense. And, you know, like any other marriage, for you to have 12 years in and you're still doing okay with each other, better than okay, yeah. you like each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, you're really beating the odds because you're doing that on a personal level and you're doing it in business. And it's not just Andy. you got three restaurants where you have to have everybody in the kitchen. That you're having a harmonious, yep. with whom you have a, a harmonious relationship. How, uh, when Eric decided to leave, what did that, how was, how did that feel to you and how did you react to that immediately? Well, I mean, I was, I was happy for him. He was going to do his own thing. And, you know, that's, if you that's are a you chef want. and you have someone work for you for a long time and then they, they leave to, you know, I, will, I always want someone to move to leave to go forward not leave and go backwards and he had been with us for so long that it was like uh there's always you know look for signs for like hey okay it's time for a change you know so i looked at it as like good great happy that you're moving forward and then okay this one person and his energy has been with us for so long and it, we're gonna miss it greatly but let's make it a positive thing and 
let's just, you know, bring in some new energy and get some new life in. And I would imagine that's a fun endeavor for you because you've got some, a lot of people want to work at your restaurants. So while it's a, it's challenging in this market now to find good talent, you probably have a better, better shot at some of the good talent than I do feel. Yes, I do feel pretty lucky. We, we are able to attract really good cooks and it's, you know, you can have all of the awards on your wall and all of the, you know, be you know badass food, but if you treat people like shit, they're not going to want to work for you. Being able to attract good cooks is great. Being able to cook good cook or keep good cooks, so that's that's a skill. Oh, I think, and that, that's just you know, especially in in a in a market where it's tough to even find them. You don't want to spend a lot of time. Yeah, I'm much more into speed. into a harmonious kitchen where people are laughing, having a good time, and getting along, than you know being made to feel stupid, yelled at, and told that they're not good at what they do. Isn't that kind of going away? I, 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 I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's never been my, it's never, seen. it's never been my jam. Uh, cause I, one of my, you know, one of my philosophies has always been if, if people are having fun doing, doing what they do, then it's going to be a better experience for the guest. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when we go to, uh, with Jose to Spain yeah. and where he used to work, uh, Conjubana out in that country, the kitchen has this incredible view and not that the guests don't, but they have smaller windows upstairs. The kitchen has this full glass on view and their philosophy is, you know, they're working hard and if they have a good experience at their restaurant, same thing. So, nice. you know, it's not all about the view, but, you know, and then I think a lot of people think they're running a good show and having fun. It's like you see in dating profiles. I like to have fun and I do this and I do that, but then in real life, they're not really acting like that. So yeah, you, yeah, have, yeah. you have to walk the walk and not just. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, I mean, hey, I, I do my best. And and it's just a natural synergy, right? You don't, you're not planning social uh, ideas and here's no. how we're going to get along. It's got to be organic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that comes from a passion for cooking that everyone has. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that. Sorry, man. No, you were up at, I know you were up at least at 5.30, so that's cool. Um, I would say that for me, like, some of my biggest, like, stresses in work and life comes from when that synergy is, when there's something missing in that energy with with my employees, if there's a, you know. And how do you fix that? Mm, I try and talk to people, you know, and be open and, you know. So if there's a bad cog... You you recognize it pretty. I guess it's pretty easy to or recognize. Or someone who recognize. I just recently had someone that they, you know, something wasn't going well with them, and they came and talked to me about it. I respect the hell out of that, you know. And then so you have the what was? I'm just curious what their problem with you was. Well, I'm not going to talk about that in a podcast. Okay, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a problem with me, but it was a. It was a problem. That was. Oh, they're a life at problem. Work. No, just oh, at, at work, work, a work problem, yeah. But, but those uh, are going to happen. I mean, come on, man. You're running a complicated, three complicated machines over there. Uh, not over there, yeah, but yeah, around yeah. here, around here. Those things are going to happen. They sure. can't run, they can't well, run like a I'm, top yeah. all the time. No, but that's what I'm saying. But that's what, that, those, are the, those are my hardest parts about being a chef. Right. It's hard to be everyone, everything to everyone. But, you know, it can't be a perfect world. So if I was to ask no. you what you would just fix... 
tomorrow if you could? It's probably a tough answer because. What would I fix tomorrow if I could? Professionally. I mean, the first, I would say, I'd say more butts in the seat at lunch and breakfast at, Can- at Canard and Little Bird. It's a sales issue. I mean, we're, yeah, we, we you know, uh, I definitely want to see, I'd like to see more people in uh, Little Bird for lunch. Uh, the menu's really great right now. It's nice. You can get, you know, it's not as heavy as it used to be, which is wonderful. Um, the team is great. And then that bre- uh, breakfast from, you know, eight in the morning until noon at Canard. All right. We got to fill that. Yeah. I mean, when it hits, it hits, but you know, and it's hard. So we're doing it seven days a week. Yeah. That's a, what kind of, that was a hard, was that a hard decision to be open seven days a week? All my places are open seven days a week. Here's a guy who's court who's yawning. And he, he's saying, yes, it's, it's okay to be open. So do you need a day off? Do you need some rest? You, well, no, you take get Saturday it. and you Sunday get, off. Yeah, yeah, you get it off already. That's enough for you? Do you think that's going to be enough as you get older? You're going to start, is that going to become Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I don't know, man. I haven't thought about that. So, that, and that's what but I... That, right, it, right now, life is, life is very good and full in a good way, but I, I don't feel... Uh, I don't feel like overworked as far as like uh, hours is concerned. And are you looking, f- so do you and Andy sit down and plot out business over a year, two years, five years, what you might want to do? Do you have visions for, at some point you had a vision, for, he, he wanted a third. Um, no vision for a fourth. Chris. No vision for a fourth right now. No. And no vision outside of Portland. You're, you're no. a Portland man through and through. Well, I just don't see... The idea of like getting on an airplane to go work somewhere and then leave it, it doesn't sound good. It's not my style of management. Right. Plus also you haven't appeared on, the the TV shows are here recruiting all the time and they have to be calling you. They want you to be on Iron Chef or whatever. You don't do those things. I haven't gotten calls for that in a little while. I used to get them all the time, but. Why wouldn't you get, why, why do you think that stopped? I would Maybe think. I said no too many times. Yeah, that's probably it. And why'd you say no? Other than the standard answer would be it's not my jam either, but. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would do it now. It was always, I would always just ha- worked too much. At, like to go and just do like a top chef or something like that. You got to take a, a lot of time off to, you know. Don't right. do that. Are you are you a competitive sort in that way? Like, would you want to yeah. take a, on some of your uh, some of the the chefs that you know in Portland, some of your friends, and get into a competition? I think food competitions are weird, though. Uh, I mean, if you no, know, if you're trying to sell me on like a no, I'm no. not. I'm not running food competitions. So. I just, for the most part, though, I just I like cooking at the restaurants, and the way I look at it is anything. It's like. I love being at the restaurants. I love being with my family. Anything that's not that takes away from where I want to be. And it's got to be one special fucking thing to. You think your kids are going to want to cook? My daughter does. My son doesn't. But he as doesn't of now. Know. Yeah, as of now, things change. He's only seven, but my daughter, like my daughter, she'll come in and hang out in the restaurant. For, she'll be, she'll spend like four hours in the basement. Helping the girls roll out dough, getting like making little fake donuts with pasta dough, sweeping, mopping. He's saying behind you, yelling corner when she walks around. She is fearless. Wow. She's only four. 
Yeah, I was going to say, last. that's, uh, so would you encourage her to get in the business? Sure. Yeah. I mean, why, she's got a great leg you? up if, you know, with, yeah. And do you have any, uh, it sounds like you're living in the moment. So if I were to ask you, is there anything, any goals you have that you haven't accomplished yet? You're, you're fine where you are. Goals that I haven't accomplished. I think that's telling that you can't even think of it. It's not in your mind. Um, well, I mean, it's this is kind of, it's not a stock answer, but I mean, La Pigeon, I feel is in, you know, one of the top restaurants in Portland. And I would like, my goal is to keep it there. And Little Bird is consistently, you know, up there in the top and, you know, to keep that there. And then we'll see what happens with Canard. But, you know, that's the goal is just staying kind of towards the top of the heap. That's rough, too, because you got a couple of things working against you. You got much working for you, but you got a lot of talented people out there. Well, there's always a thing. New, there's, and then there's always the shit. Let's give it to somebody new. There's right? always a new, uh, younger person with more energy and more, you know, creative power. And, you know, I do feel really good about the fact that, you know, for 12 years we've been cooking dishes with no repeats at La Pigeon. And, it, you know, yeah, and we've been able to grow. That's pretty insane. But, uh, you know, staying, staying, staying somewhere towards the top of that heap of, you know, because having people come from out of town because they heard that we're, you know, one of the best in the city is great. How many, what percentage, do you know what percentage of your clientele comes from, is local and what? A lot, a lot, of, a lot comes from out of town. Yeah, almost every time I've been there, I've sat next to somebody who's in from New York or someone, you know, but you, you get that in a lot of restaurants, but almost always yeah, yeah. when I've been to your lots restaurant. Of, lots of out of towners. And so. Um, it's good for business. Yeah, I would think so. And it's good. You're helping a lot of other businesses in Portland too, because. You're creating headlines and people are coming yeah, out yeah. just to uh, to have your food. Um, are there any young, you talked about young talent. Is there anybody specifically that comes to mind that you think is awesome that we ought to be looking out for that you know of either in your own restaurants or elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody, I feel like everybody that works. Yeah. It's hard not me to is, mention everybody is pretty awesome. But uh, the young woman, Marcel, who's over at Little Bird, I think is doing a great job. She's pretty kick-ass. She doesn't, you know. Doesn't take no bullshit either. Um, and uh, the team at La Pigeon is just rock solid. We've got uh, Christopher, who's been with me for a long time, and Zan, who's been with me forever. They're just, you know, rocks. And then uh, newer guy, Matt, at La Pigeon, who's got a real good creative streak. Keep a watch out for him. And then the team at Kennard, I, you know, um, my, my, my CDC at Kennard, Taylor, uh, got a job as a prep cook at La Pigeon by bringing his son to the interview. And I was like, all right, I like that. Priorities, good deal. He did a little research. He knew, uh, he knew what you were all about. And then, uh, you know, he's just, I'm, I'm learning a lot from him. He's got, he's got me like using, striving to use uh, Excel and get a little bit more. Compu- I thought you were about to mention an ingredient. No, more computer. I'm, you know, pretty impressed with that. And then, um, He's got a real uh, natural knack for not just cooking, but for for managing that I am really impressed watching. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you get to go out much? Are you going to many other restaurants? Because I get, you know, for years when I would ever, and I ask many chefs this, where their favorite places are, invariably the the, the counter at Le Pigeon was the first thing, the first thing out of many chefs' mouths. Are you out eating a lot? It doesn't seem like you I would try be. to. Um, I I do like to go out and eat, but we, you know, with the kids and stuff, we cook a lot at home. Um, but do you get a date night with Hannah where you get to go out and really? Yeah, we just had sushi a little while ago. Um, we usually go to like more. Well, we li- we go to Coquine. We live on right pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tusk for brunch or like like three o'clock. You know, two thirty, three o'clock on the weekend afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we eat at a lot? We've honestly just been enjoying like going to um, some of the food carts in our neighborhood and with the kids, you know, riding the bike and stuff. And um, I went and checked out OK Omens recently. That was cool. It was like one of their first days. That mm-hmm. was neat. Um, I like it's what a little doing different there. than Cafe Castagna, I would think. Yeah. All right. So how are the Giants doing? I haven't been paying. I've kind of backed off of baseball in the last month because the Mets suck. So much they started. Yeah, the Mets out. came out of the. They came out of the gate like the team to watch, right? They had those. They were eleven and one. They're now. They're now the worst team in baseball already, but before yeah. the All Star break. What happened, man? Their pitching just went south. Everything just without Cespedes. Oh, is he, is he out? Oh yeah, he's been out. You know, Syndergaard's been out. And DeGrom, but now they're talking right? about getting rid of Degrom. Yeah, which is, he's got a one point seven ERA right now. So yeah, that sucks. Well, the Giants, the Giants could doing? take him. Yeah, of course the Giants could. They've taken Beltran in the past, and uh, yeah. they're doing all right. They're hovering uh, about. I think we're like three and a half games back. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, no. The National the, the, the National League West isn't like. We'll see what happens. You know, we got we had some pitching issues too, and so we're just starting to get healthy. Yeah, well, at least you've had. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is you've had a really good decade. You know? Yeah. So we. I know that's been nice to be able to enjoy to be able to it, 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 uh, have that happened in my life yes is that and i had i had it happen when i was 11 that's when all the good stuff in new york happened but really is that good like stu- in the early 80s or the late 80s oh no thank you but it was the late 60s the late 60s yeah so 69 the mets the jets and the knicks all oh. won one year when you're 11 years old that's pretty cool that is a big that's big yeah and the rangers were in the stanley cup that year so it was a Four, all four teams. Yeah, the Yankees, man. You got it. Too bad you're not a Yankees fan. No, no, it's very good that I'm not a Yankees fan. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. So, are you uh, any other sport? We don't have baseball, Major League Baseball here. Well, they're what talking think? about getting it. What do you think? You think we're going to get it? I would love. I would love for that to happen. More than anything, would you? Would you prefer it's National League or American League? I'm a National League fan, but I think I want, a rivalry I w- with the Mariners would be good. I would rather have American League because then I can stay a Giants fan. Yeah, well, you I mean, I would th- stay a Giants fan, but then I would it would it'd be much less conflicting uh, because I would have to be like root for Portland. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, I, still, I do consider myself a Portlander both. now. Yes. So, are you any anything? Are you a Blazers fan? Do you care? Big time. Yeah. Oh, big time. Okay. I never even cared about basketball. I mean, I and I, I go Bay Area sports all the way. I, I'm big. I, I root for the Timbers and uh, the Blazers. But we have to have baseball. It's not the same without. This is the perfect baseball climate too. It's yeah, no, it's it'd be amazing. Yeah, so I hope they succeed. I don't. Yeah, I mean, who who would come up here? The A's. 
Is that what? Or, they're, or, they're talking or about the A's or Tampa or. Yeah, they're not going to get a, a a team from scratch, but um, no. Yeah, it, anything, anything would be nice. I was so this disappointed. This city would do so well for the A's. They for any baseball. I think it's you know they get behind their sports. People would say it's not a baseball team. Well, of course, I mean a baseball town. Of course, it has never had the opportunity to really be a baseball town. I mean minor league baseball, but that's not the same as majors. Yeah, I just took my kids to see their first, or maybe it was my first pickles game. Two weeks ago, mm-hmm. man, that was a blast. Was it really? It was, have you been? No. It is fun. Pe- it was packed. I haven't been. There. I I want to go to the Hillsborough Hops games too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. That's uh, I haven't done that. Have you taken your kids to a Giants game? Yes, not the newest one, and not. I don't think my daughter. I know my son has been twice, maybe once as baby, but they would hate it. Too slow? Yeah. Like, I watch sports at home, and it's like, Dad. Yeah, well, maybe over time. But, yeah, it's different. But but I have to say, on the West Coast, it's easier to get it. I would think it would be easier to get a kid into it now because now on the East Coast, games are over at 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So at least you can you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not watching baseball with you. That That is a peripheral. It sounds I like. Got, as I a, got my son playing uh, baseball, though. He's, like, really into Pitching oh, well, and catching cool. and hitting, yeah. And he'll be there. He'll get there with so, you. He's not like on a team, but we're, we're, he's he's pretty. He's he's all right. He's he can handle a glove all right. So at some point though, that has to be the team has to be an outlet, right? You can't just he's got to he, baseball. You got to go out and play. Well, at some we'll point. see. We'll see. He 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 likes stuff, and then you get him in the, the like the team environment. Where you're like, hey, you got this is what you do now, and you stand here and do this, and he's like, ah, oh, screw this. Yeah. But right now we just have a blast throwing throwing the ball and playing catch. Well, that's good. What else do you like doing with your kids? What else is what other activities? Um, are? well, they got a good they're they're at a good age where I can run and they ride their bike. Okay. And so that's, and that's pretty good. fun. Keeps you, you in shape. A, yeah, we put a couple miles in that way and it's like, you know. Are you still rollerblading? I had not in a couple of weeks. I've been off oh, it for a couple weeks. That's a couple of weeks. Of weeks. Yeah. I know. I got a, I need some new I need some new boots. Some new boots? Yeah. Um Let's see what else. Uh, cooking. My daughter's really into cooking with me, and my son he likes the baseball and riding the bike. And uh, yeah, I just love getting out. I love you know getting outside and as much as possible, going on hikes, camping. I, I you know from the little I see um, or just hear from you, you're I, in your heart as you said. The first thing you said when you sat down was family first. Yeah, and. Uh, I think that's pretty cool considering the success that you've had. If your family is more successful than your businesses, you got you're a lucky man and a and a, a smart man. Thank too. you very much. So, and smart for coming down here, and we're lucky to have you. So Sweet, thanks. Really appreciate it. We've been wanting this to happen for years. You can so, thank uh, Chelsea, who is a prep cook, who comes into six a.m. in the morning at Canard, and she just one day she goes, Chef. You ever going to do that podcast with Chris Angeles? I was like, funny you should say that. He's been trying to get me to do that for years. And I said, would you listen to it? She goes, I listen to all of them. Oh, cool. And so I I literally said, I called you. Yeah. Right Um, there. I'm very happy that happened. I try not to annoy. I think I've at, I just once in a while when I yeah, see you no, say, it's fine. Hey, you, man, well, the, I, the irony is that like with the third restaurant, my schedule is more open. I'm more, I'm, I, I actually have more time to do different things. I'm just, I'm busier, but I have more time to fit in 
different things to be busy versus just like be at Le Pigeon at this time, leave Le Pigeon at this time. Be at Little Bird here, leave Little Bird. Is that because of three restaurants you have to have more the people? Proper, yeah. yeah, you have to have yeah, the yeah. proper support. So, so life is, do. yeah. So I'm this year I, I've said no to like so many things over the years. So this is the year I'm saying yes to stuff. And so I'm like, you know, going to go do a little, some more dinners offsite and more, right. some more charity stuff. And Are you going to go to France? No. Not interest. I'm, I'm not going to waste the money to take three annoying kids to France right now. Yeah, but at some point. At some point, yeah, but right now is not the time. All right. We're good. going to, we went to Mexico. Yeah, well, that's good. Three, three, and uh, I didn't hear you call them annoying. But, oh, no, I did. But travel at a certain age is really tough. Yeah, I don't want to so, be on, a, on that flight. Yeah, or in a car for a long period of time. Well, we're going to drive up to Orcas Island at the end of the month. So that's we'll not what, too far. That's six not across hours. the country. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Good. Well, have fun with that. And thanks for coming in. Of and thanks, thank you, Chelsea. Totally appreciate <laughs> it. And we'll have to have Chelsea come in. Sometime sure, she too. would love to. I would love. We want to have Chelsea on this year. It's a. It's a. Sounds good. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, yep. man. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX, or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at Right at the Fork.com. Mm-hmm.